At Qualcomm, we believe in staying connected, and you can see us wherever 5G is helping transform telemedicine, supporting remote education, and powering mobile PCs. The Invention Age is here. Learn more at qualcomm.com slash invention age. to all of you listening right now. How many of you don't trust our government? I mean, how many of you suspect something is wrong and you and I are being screwed? I mean, how many of you may suspect that this gap between the rich and everybody else is not an accident, but premeditated? How many of you ever think about that? You see, for me, what happened is when I started to distrust my government was back in 1972, I was in Vietnam flying helicopters, and one day I got this bad feeling. I said, I don't know what we're out here for. Why are we out here killing people? They haven't done anything to us. Why are we killing them? And so that's when my suspicion on my own government uh, crept into my psyche. And it's not a very pleasant thought. You know, I come home and I don't trust people anymore. So that's kind of where my story starts, and I've been... Not, you know, don't ever call me an unloyal American because, you know, part of life is the freedom of speech and the freedom of thought. And when you suspect you're being ripped off, you're going to say, you should say something. So we're going to say something today. You may not like what we're going to say because it'll incriminate some of your heroes out there. You know, some of these people you trust and you think are good people, you're going to find out they're scumbags, scumbags. So if you have a weak stomach and you want to believe that, you know, like in the old Cowboys and Indians movies, that American Cowboys always wore white hats and they're always the good guys. This is not your program. So today we'll be talking to one of my great people I look up to and respect. His name is G. Edward Griffin. He is the author of a book, The Creature from Jekyll Island. And for those who haven't read this book or heard of this book, I think it's about time you read you read this book because this book came out in the 1990s and it explains why there is this growing gap between the rich and everybody else. But more importantly, it explains why America is no longer a democracy. America is no longer a democracy. America is now a kleptocracy. And a kleptocracy is when those at the top steal from their own people, rip our own people off. So we're in a kleptocracy. And The Creature from Jekyll Island is about the creation of the Federal Reserve Bank, which is not federal, it's not U.S., it has no reserves, it's not a bank. But one of the, there's many reasons for the gap between rich and poor, or why you may be struggling financially, is caused by the Federal Reserve Bank, but it's also caused by Wall Street. And it's also caused by our political leaders, the very people we vote for the people that are supposed to be on our side. And that's what today's program is about because years and years ago, I received a copy of The Creature from Jekyll Island from one of my preacher friends. He says, you got to read this book because Edward Griffin is saying the same thing you are saying. So let me, let me refresh your memory. I come back from Vietnam. I'm very disillusioned with America. I'm a Marine pilot, academy graduate, and I don't trust my own government. Then I meet this man, Dr. R. Buckminster Fuller, who's one of the greatest geniuses of our time. And he passed away on July 1st, 1983. And he and 
what came out after he re, he died posthumously was the book The Grunch of Giants, and Grunch stands for Gross Universal Cash Heist. And my suspicions and my doubt of my own country started to increase. It's a horrible feeling in my stomach. Grunch Fuller, who was a mathemat mathematician and a scientist, was saying the same thing my rich dad was saying: "Is we're being ripped off by our own people." You know, it's like having. You know, somebody you don't trust in your own foxhole. That's how frightening it is. So I read The Creature from Jekyll Island, and I'm going, oh, my God. You know, and the thing I love about Edward Griffin is that he's a researcher. He actually looks this stuff up. And so I read his book, and I said, oh, my God, because he's saying the same thing Fuller was saying in Grunch, Gross Universal Cash Heist, and my rich dad was saying. The trouble with this is that is this, is that what Edward Griffin was saying what Fuller was saying, my rich dad was saying, had not yet co quite come true. You know, so I formed the Rich Dad Company on instinct, on guts, on intuition, saying that we're getting screwed, but I haven't got the puzzle put together yet. So now that we're in this massive crisis in 2015, the pieces of the puzzle are clearer and clearer and clearer. So stay tuned. You're going to find out how our own political leaders, the Fed, our politicians, and Wall Street are ripping us off, and we pay the bill. So just recently, a new book came out called The Great Deformation, and it's by David A. Stockman. Now, this is the difference between Ed Griffin and myself. Ed and I are outsiders. David Stockman is an insider. He was Reagan's budget officer. And he's saying the same thing Ed Griffin was saying. The difference with the Great Deformation is David Stockman names the people who operate Grunch. He names them by names. So you stay tuned. I'm going to list for you the rogues gallery of scumbag who are ripping us off right now. You may not like the list, but I think you'll find it at minimum entertaining. So welcome to the program, Mr. Griffin, author from The Creature from Jekyll Island. And when did you cr write The Creature from Jekyll Island? Why did you write it? Oh, well, uh, th first of all, thanks a lot, Robert, for that very uh, kind introduction. When did I start to write it and why? Well, why is, uh, you have to go way back for that. Um, I wanted to produce a documentary film on inflation. And so when I re started to research that, I got into the Federal Reserve for the first time in my life. I didn't know anything about it. I never did produce the documentary film, but I started the research, which uh, sat in a couple of big cardboard boxes in the back of my closet for a while. And it wasn't until maybe three or four years later that uh, I took an interest in it again, and uh, I cobbled together a public presentation. Let's see, how, how do I truncate this? It was very, it was well-received. I, I was encouraged to put it on the road, so I started to conduct a series of uh, one-day seminars called The Crash Course on Money, and then I suddenly realized how ignorant I was because people would come up to me after my, uh, my presentation, and they, because I was standing there at the podium and telling them things about the Federal Reserve that they didn't know, which were absolutely true, but they assumed that because I knew that, I knew everything. And uh, they started asking me questions about, well, what should I do with my money? Should I invest in this? Should I sell that out? Should I get out of cash? Yeah, you, you, you and I are in the same position. Every day after I tell people what I know, they want me to tell them what to do. And I said, that's the problem. You should yeah. know what. Don't ask me. You should know yourself. <laughs> yes. Well, I had no idea what they should do. In fact, I wasn't even sure what I should do. 
So that's when I stopped doing all that nonsense about pretending like I was an expert. I stopped uh, giving those seminars, and I went to school. And I enrolled in the College for Financial Planning. Which oh, produces, God. I did the know, same thing. You did? Well, Sarah, you see, we travel the same path. I wanted to know something about this topic at the street level. You know, how, how does money work? What's the real market? And so forth. So I, I got my CFP designation. And then I started a period of really serious research for writing a book. And that was the beginning of a seven-year period. It took me seven years to put the book together after that. So there, and I finally came out at the end of that in uh, 1994. Right. So the Creature from Jekyll Island was first published in July of 1994. And unfortunately, it's more true today than ever before, isn't it? It is, yeah. Let me just tell you something that will kind of interest you. The thing that you talk about is how, you know, it was on Jekyll Island. It was um, J.P. Morgan. Who was the guy that... Called uh, the meeting? Well, that was Nelson Aldridge, well, actually. I think it was a Nelson, Nelson A. Rockefeller, Nelson Aldridge. You got the ring of the names there? Yeah. They're all the same guys. They're, they're, they're all related. But the thing that you said that really hit me between the eyes when I first read The Creature from Jekyll Island, and because Rich Dad Poor Dad came out in 97, I read the, read the Creature in 2002, I think. And you said, bailout is the name of the game. And I went, what the heck do you mean by that? And the more I read The Creature from Jekyll Island, so for those of you who are listening to this whole thing, what Ed Griffin is saying is that bailout is kind of the business plan of the bankers. In other words, they, t- they don't even need your money. They create these huge loans... And if the loans go bad, then the tax, the bankers get all the money, but the taxpayer has to bail out the bank. Is that correct, Ed? Well, yeah, indirectly that is correct because the, the chain often involves one other uh, link in the chain. <clears throat> the company that borrowed the money or the country that borrowed the money goes bankrupt. So now the company has to be bailed out so they can continue making their interest payments to the bank. So, yeah, it does eventually wind up with the bank, and that's the reason for the whole thing. But sometimes goes through that extra link or two. You say here in your book, the name of the game is bailout. As stated previously, now this is 1994. As stated previously, and the objective of this game is to shift the inevitable losses. Keyword is inevitable losses from the owners of the, of the banks to the taxpayer. Now, that's exactly what Bucky Fuller said in 83 in Grunch. This is how we get ripped off. So you and I put our money in the banks. We trust them. They play this big casino game. They lose. They want to make sure they get paid so the taxpayer is, you know, bailed out. Is, is that pretty much the way it works? That's pretty much it, yeah. That's the simplified version. That's the way it should be understood because people get so wrapped up in the technicalities that they lose sight of the reality. It's, it's a ripoff. It's a con game. Uh, it, it's as simple as that. Then this David Stockman just came out with his latest book in 2015, and it says here exactly what you said. So the bailout, this is the bailout of, you know, the biggest banks just recently, like Goldman Sachs and Citibank and Wells. It says the bailout was all about protecting short-term earnings and current year executive trader bonuses. So they only bailed bailed people out so the bankers could get their bonuses. And the bonuses went to Goldman Sachs, $19 billion, uh, Societe Generale, a French bank, $17 billion, and Deutsche Bank, $14 billion, and Barclays, who screwed everybody on the interest rates, got $10 billion. So David Stockman 
in 2015 is saying exactly what you said in 1994. Bailout is the name of the game, and that's how you get ripped off. Our special guest today is Edward Griffin. He's been our he's been our guest before. He is the author of The Creature from Jekyll Island. His website is realityzone.com. And what we're talking about today is this. The reason is I can see clearly now is I have a bad feeling. I had a bad feeling about my government back in Vietnam. I thought we were being ripped off. I didn't know how to. Then I was telling you about R. Buckminster Fuller, I consider one of the geniuses of our times. He wrote the book Grunch of Giants, and Grunch stands for Gross Universal Cash Heist. And I still didn't have all the pieces put together. It's it's puzzling. It's just like Ed. I started looking and researching. I went for my CFP license, my certified financial planner, and I got more shocked because I understand the investment side. And what I began to suspect that our government is ripping us off through Wall Street and over through your 401k, the stock mutual funds, and ETFs. And I became more suspicious, but that was in the 80s. And it's still the pieces weren't put together. So they're saying the same thing my rich dad was saying to me. So today you're going to find out how you're being ripped off and who some of the culprits are. We will be naming names as who's ripping us off in this latest crash. So with talking with Edward Griffin, the creature from Jekyll Island, you should read the book. It's not... It's, it's a relatively easy to understand book. But as I said, the start of the book is bailout is the name of the game. So, Ed, could you explain why bailout is the name of the game of our largest banks? Yes, and to understand the explanation, we have to back up just one little step and understand first what, what the Federal Reserve System is. It's not a government agency. It's a cartel of banks. It's no different than a banana cartel or an oil cartel. It's just a... A banking cartel. And so when we talk about the Fed, you must always remember we're talking about the private commercial banks. It's an association or a union of banks. That's all it is. And, and people have trouble with that because that's not how it's been portrayed. And it's not in the back of their mind that way. But they think it's a government agency. It's not, yeah. Once it's you not. And we're ta- the Federal Reserve is just a, a union, a trade union, a trade association, uh, if you will, a cartel is the right word, of banks. Okay, so once we understand these are the banks, of the banks, for the banks, and all that sort of thing, then everything begins, it's easier to understand. So what, the, what this uh, banking cartel has done is, is written their own rules. The Federal Reserve Act, which was passed by Congress, was written by the banking cartel. It was not written by the political figures. It was written by the bankers, and they took it to Congress and said, here, pass this into law, which is basically... What happened? So the Federal Reserve Act is really a cartel agreement, which has been enforced now by law. So now we all have to follow the cartel agreement, or we go to prison. Now that's the reason it looks like a government agency, is because we go to prison if we violate the, the cartel agreement. And we think, well, only government agencies can you know, do that. Only government can send you to prison. No, in this case, private banks send you to prison because they got the government to pass their cartel agreement into law. Now, that's a very important first step. Once that's understood, then everything else falls into place. Now, what, this bailout game is very logical then. The banks know that they, they've got the government behind them and that they don't really have to worry too much about uh, being cautious with their loans because they know if the loans fail, the people can be pressed into service to cover their losses through taxes because they will there's sort of an agreement with the government that whenever the banks get into trouble 
the story is spread that if we don't save the banks, the country will fail. And this is, but Ed, this has been going on for a long time because you know, when I was oh, younger yes. and you never younger, there was a savings and loan bailout. So this is not a new thing. Oh no, not at all. This, that's what Ed is saying. That's what he's saying. It's part of the plan. Yeah, this is part of the plan, and we've we've grown up with it. We're so used to it. We think that's the way it is in nature. <laughs> no, it's not that way in nature. That's the way it was designed. It's intentional. Intentional, and the plan was put together in 1910 and passed into law in 1913. So now it becomes clear: you can loan any amount of money you wish to some third world country knowing full well in advance that that third world country is not going to be able to service its debt. It can do so for a while, but sooner or later it's going to go bankrupt. Not to worry, you know, not to worry. You can go back and say, okay, fellas, we'll renegotiate your loan. We'll lower your interest rate if we can extend the loan a little bit and loan you some more money on top of it, and we'll keep you going. We'll keep giving you more money if, if the loan gets bigger. Isn't that what they did to Greece? Yes, yes, yes. It's what all banks do, actually. See, people understand, must understand, that banks make their money from interest on loans. If banks don't make loans, they might as well close their doors because they have no cash. I want you to understand this. This is the way I understand it, is they loan Greece money so that the banks can have their interest paid. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. The banks have to have that interest. And so they don't want you to pay off the loans unless they have another loan to replace it with right away. They would rather have you roll over the loan and, and make it bigger. Just keep the interest coming. So, so, lem- so, 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 lem- so let me give you another example besides Greece and Puerto Rico and Brazil and Venezuela and all the people who loan money to, is right now we have student loan debt, and the student loan debt is $1.2 trillion. And what Ed is saying, the banks don't want the students to ever pay off that debt because what they collect annually in service fees is $600 million. In other words, banks collect 50% of the initial loan amount in fees, and those fees is what they, what they really want, right? That's correct. It's the interest and the service fees. That's the name of the game. And so they, they get uh, very generous with their loans, especially if they're big loans. Now, and, and if, guys like and if, you and me, well, not you, but me anyway, they, they look at my loan application very carefully. Well, but the thing is, is that if the borrower defaults, you and I pay off the debt anyway through a bailout, right? Well, yeah, you and I as taxpayers, yeah. right. Yeah, if, if we're a small borrower and, and we default, they come and take our house and take our car. But if you're a big big borrower like, uh, you know, General Motors or something like that or, uh, or a country like Mexico, uh, they, come, they can't come really in and they don't want your big corporation and then they have to run it and they... They'd rather just collect the money, thank you. Yeah. They, don't, they don't want to manage a business. And they, they can't really take over the country. That doesn't look too good in today's world. So they just want that money. And, uh, and, and so they, they make these generous, overly generous loans, knowing that a crisis is going to happen sooner or later. And they renegotiate it down to keep the interest coming and make the loan get bigger and bigger until finally the whole thing blows up. And then they go to Congress and they say, look, uh, you know, if we, don't, uh, if we don't collect our interest on this loan, uh, we will go bankrupt. And when we go bankrupt, we're a big bank, you know. It's too big to fail. First, too big because it will be the first domino. And then all the others will fail, and America will fail. America will lapse into a terrible depression. We may be invaded by China. And, you know, that would be terrible. Babies will not have milk. Nothing will work. Well. So give us the money, please. Bail out Mexico. Right. Bail out General Motors. Bail us out. Make us 
continue to be healthy, and then America will thrive. But this went on, you know, there was a, a little savings loan called Silverado that was bailed out, I think $50 billion. It was run by a guy named Neil Bush. Any relation to George? <laughs> I think so. Okay. You understand, bailout is part of the business plan. If you understand that, so the reason... I'm excited about having Ed back on because when he wrote The Creature of Jekyll Island in 94 and when Fuller wrote Grunch of Giants in 83, you know, we were the whack jobs. We were the outsiders saying this whole thing. So we're talking today about how the whole, our democracy is now a kleptocracy. It is how the Fed, which is the richest bankers, Wall Street, and our politicians steal our wealth, which is why the gap between rich and everybody else goes wider and wider. So the reason I'm excited is we're going to interview David A. Stockman, who was Reagan's budget director under Reagan. And David Stockman is an insider. So Ed and I are outsiders trying to guess, you know, trying to look through the haze to find out what's happening, how to put the pieces of the puzzle together. But Stockman was on the inside. And his latest book, The Great Deformation, I believe we'll have him on this program sometime this year or next year. But he's saying the same thing Ed is saying, but this time he's talking about the collapse of Lehman Brothers, AIG, and how he says, this is what um, Stockman says, Hank Paulson, who was the CEO of a little company called Goldman Sachs, as, as well as the U.S. Treasury, you notice the coincidence there, he says it's the most destructive, unguided missile ever to rain down on the free market. Because Paulson wrote this book about how terrified he was and all this stuff, and he says, you have to bail us out, give us TARP and all this stuff. And because I read Ed's book, The Creature from Jekyll Island, I just knew the rats were back at play. And the beautiful thing about Stockman's book that Fuller didn't do, and because Ed is a gentleman, he doesn't name the rats, Stockman names the rats. So in the next section, I'll be talking, I'll name the rats. And some of them are really familiar with you to you, like Obama. And when you understand that, that the world is rigged against you, you'll understand why a rich dad as a company is in place because we're going to tell you what to do to protect yourself against the rats. So let me just say this Ed, and see what you think about This is what Stockman says. He says the reason they bailed out AIG or that they crushed AIG was for, as an excuse. He said if AIG goes down, the world comes down. And what Stockman says is uh, AIG was in good shape. Yet the relevant facts show that AIG, AIG bankruptcy would not have started a chain reaction. But they used it as an excuse so that they could pay these bonuses. Not surprisingly, Goldman, so from the bailouts and all this stuff, not surprising Goldman Sachs was the largest beneficiary because Goldman Sachs controls the world today. You know, Draghi and the other guys are all Goldman graduates. And it says they... And then the other, the other one is France's six, second largest bank got $17 billion, Society General, and $15 billion was transferred to Deutsche Bank, $14 billion to Bank of America and Merrill Lynch, and $10 billion to Barclays. And this is what they did. Just so that, I'll say it again, the bailout was all about protecting short-term earnings and current year and current year executive and trader bonuses. That is a shocking truth about what the AIG bailout actually accomplished. So he's saying exactly what you were saying back in 94, Ed. What do you think about that? Uh, he, he must be a very smart fellow. <laughs> <laughs> the definition of intelligence, if he agrees with you, he he's intelligent. Me, yeah. uh -huh. Right. 
Yeah, well, it's pretty obvious when you look at you start looking at the numbers and you look at the performance, and you realize that there's no connect at all between the high ideals that they talk about in their speeches and in their books and their press releases. Those, they always speak in terms of very high ideals, protecting the country, protecting society, you know, the economy and all of that. And you've been you saying that, that... Then you realize that they're, they're working for a cartel and they have one purpose in mind, and that's to advance the interests of the cartel, period. So for those of you who are feeling the strain of the gap between the rich poor and middle class, you're now having one of the reasons for this, many reasons, but this is one of the main ones, is our financial, our monetary system is rigged. And what we're talking about today is our guest is Edward Griffin. He's author and researcher. He's the author of The Creature from Jekyll Island, which came out in 1994. And I read his book, and I went, oh, my God, because Ed is saying what I suspected. Ed was saying the same thing my teacher, Buckminster Fuller, was teaching me back in the 80s about grunge, gross universal cash heist, how the ultra-rich rip us off. You know, so all you guys who think it's smart to save money and invest for the long term in a well-diversified portfolio of stocks, bonds, and mutual funds and ETFs, you're being ripped off. This whole thing, our government is no longer a democracy, it's a kleptocracy. And the reason the gap between the rich and everybody else is growing, and this is what you want to talk to your friends about when you listen to this program again, the reason the gap is growing is because you're being ripped off by the very people you're supposed to be trusting. That's what's going on today. So with Ed Griffin, and I, I was just saying, Ed, during the break, how does it feel to be validated? Because he's been saying this since 94. I've been saying it since 84. The reason I wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad was just to dumb down the system. You know, that's why, that's why I put Chapter 1 and Lesson 1 in Rich Dad, Poor Dad. The rich don't work for money because those that work for money are getting screwed. Very simply, because, the, you know, because workers and self-employed like doctors pay the highest taxes. And that's how they screw you, through taxes, because the tax system came in the same year the Federal Reserve came in. When you look at all this stuff, you go, oh, my God, is that a coincidence? So... The reason I'm excited about having Ed Griffin on is David Stockman, who was Reagan's budget director, wrote the book The Great Defamation, which came out in 2015. And again, I'm going, God almighty, 2015, Stockman, who was an insider, and Ed Griffin and I are outsiders, validates everything that Ed wrote about in The Creature from Jekyll Island. So I recommend you read both books, The Creature from Jekyll Island, and what Ed says at the start, bailout is the name of the game. And what happens is the banks loan money, and when they lose the money, you and I bail them out. It's all this kleptocracy. So, Ed, how, you know, so I, was, I had to have Ed on this to congratulate him, to feel validated, vindicated for having the guts to say what you've been saying since 1994. So how does it feel? Well, that part feels good. You know, we always like to uh, turn around and say, eh, eh, I told you. Yeah, yeah I do. <laughs> yeah, but that's not really where it is with me. I'm, I'm really sad to see that it's true. I knew it was true. There's no question about it. It's just the, the only thing is when more and more people recognize it also, you feel a little more comfortable. You don't have to worry too much about somebody throwing a, a rotten tomato at you. So David Stockman's pretty credible, wouldn't you say, from as an insider? Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, he was right there. You could see it operating from the inside. But there are a lot of people that have come out, you know, and I think that uh, from the inside, former politicians, maybe not quite as high as that, but everybody that comes out of the system that hasn't been completely corrupted by it. 
I promise you I'll read the Rogues Gallery. Now this yeah. is not this is not my friend Edward Griffin. This is David Stockman who's yeah. he is so pissed off he's naming names. Yeah. So for those who are ready to find out who Grunch is, the latest guys, because they've been around since nineteen they've been around forever. There's always somebody trying to steal your money. It's nothing new. But this is what Stockman, who Stockman named as Grunch during this last crisis that started happening in 2007, which led for led for Lehman Brothers to disappear. You know, the whole world economy was going to come down. They had to bail out AIG. And Stockman's saying it's all a bunch of BS. But the people behind the bailout, the Grunch, the stealing of our wealth, these are the... This is how it all started. He says, the rogues gallery of policy villains, that is, proponents of unsound finance, include Franklin Roosevelt, Richard Nixon, Arthur Burns, Walter Heller, Milton Friedman, John Connolly, George Schultz, Art Laffer, Cap Weinberger, Alan Greenspan, Newt Gingrich, Bob Rubin, George W. Bush, Hank Paulson, Tim Geithner, Jeff Immelt, John Mack, Paul Krugman, oh, that's an interesting name, Larry Summers, Barack Obama, and especially, especially Ben Bernanke. Those are the guys that are ripping us off right now. What do you have to say about that, Ed? I know you haven't read the his. Stockman's book, but what do you have to I, say? I haven't read the book. I, I, I totally agree with everything he says. I thought he had some guts to name a couple of those people, but that's, that's what it takes nowadays. You've got to say it the way it is. You know, and I, I think that if somebody listening to this for the first time, I was trying to put myself into their position. I'm sure with a couple of those names, that, oh, you lost me there. I was with you up until that point, but you can't say anything bad about him because he's, he was a good man. You know? I know how that works. I've been through it myself. And I think it's necessary for people to understand why we have so many uh, well-known and highly respected people actually uh, serving inside of what we might call a, a syndicate, a criminal syndicate. They become wrapped up in a criminal syndicate. And why is that? My, the book I've been working on for so long will have a chapter in it, and the heading of the chapter will be why governments inevitably turn into criminal syndicates. And this is an important issue. Because they all do. And the reason they all do is because we, we ask them to do that. We invite them to do that. We keep giving them more and more power. We say, we want you, the government, to solve all these problems. We give you more power. More legislation is passed every day with our approval. We want you to have more and more power, more and more taxes. We want you to have more and more control over us. And we have less and less control. We ask them to do that. And so we set in place this magnet this power magnet that attracts to it all of the criminal class. And it is, it is the predator class. And if they take off the, the gangster's suit and put on a politician's suit with a nice uh, blue tie, it's still underneath, naked man underneath is still a crook. But he's playing a different role. And some of them are very good at playing the role of being a, a, a public figure, a civil servant, a diplomat, you know, a person who cares about the people. They all have to go. They learn. They, they probably go to school and learn how to care about the people, you know, and let and let the public think that they and then care. steal their wealth. But but basically, they're still just a criminal syndicate, right. and they do this because we created the syndicate and we asked them to do it. And we na naively believe they're on our side. That's why I said in Vietnam, 
I'm standing out there one day I have to ask myself, why am I here killing people I don't I don't have I don't have a grudge against? You know, why are we why are we fighting in the Middle East right now? You know, what's really going on? And and that's what really concerns me that we are so naive as a people and what we're talking about today is how the government, our own government, screws us. You know, we have this gap between the rich and the poor. Everybody knows is growing wider and wider. We also have this student loan crisis. But as Ed said in his book, The Creature from Jekyll Island, they want you in debt, and they never want you to pay off the debt. They would rather make loans to big countries because those they just restructure the loan, right? They never want those loans paid off, do they, Ed? No, they want the interest on it. And you and I, if we were a bank president or on the board of directors, we'd probably go for that, too. And that's why when I'm walking through the airport and I see those guys waving credit cards, you know, say, you know, sign up for those credit cards and you get a free trip to to heaven with it or something like this. They don't want you to pay off your credit card debt either, do they? No, and they know that most people won't. Most people carry a pretty hefty balance. You know, they never pay off. And some people have multiple credit cards. And, and that's how it works. That's how the banks uh, make so much. Uh, the difference cooler. is when a big borrower defaults, uh, that's when the bailouts begin, right? That's it. And they know that's going to happen. And so that's built into the system from the very beginning, and that's the bailout game. So what would you say to somebody right now who's saving money for retirement? <laughs> well, I'd say wake up and uh, get off the tracks. The train is coming down the track. Uh, now you get to the point, well, what do you do with that, with your savings? And the short answer is just put it someplace other than on the track. The track is, is money. The track is the currency, I should say. There are different forms of money. Uh, I, I consider gold and silver to be real money, but it was, uh, I'll rephrase that. The track is currency. It's national currencies around the world. National currencies are losing value by the second, by the minute, every day, day in and day out. Anybody that puts their life savings into something that's losing its value continually ought to go see a psychiatrist, I think. Um, so I think the short answer is get off the track. The train is coming. Well, where you put your savings is another issue, and that's, you know, that's probably a discussion for a professor. Right, but that's why, you know, Ed, uh, for years at the Rich Dad Company, I was saying savers are losers. Our company doesn't have a 401K, although I was offered a million dollars a year, which is a lot of money for me to endorse mutual funds. I said, I really can't do that because from my research, when I was going for my CFP, I realized a mutual fund makes his money from fees. Yeah. So mutual funds make the wall, make Wall Street rich, not the investor necessarily. Yeah, they have to turn the investments, don't they? Yeah, and I don't know how they make money. I, you know, So the, these guys open their 401k statements and they see something disappeared as their money is going away. So this whole system was set up by a kleptocracy. Remember the difference between a democracy and a kleptocracy. In America and most countries around the world today are kleptocracies. And when you look at who's running most of the central banks, most of them are run by Goldman Sachs guys. Would you say that's pretty that's, that's suspicious to you? Yeah, well, it's, I, I solved that riddle a long time ago. I know how that's how it works. The, uh, the government, you know, people have the idea that the government regulates the banks. It's really the other way around. The banks regulate the government. Right. That's where the power comes from. So that's why, you know, I, I thank you, Ed, and I really encourage everybody to read your book, The Creature from Jekyll Island. You want to know what to do? Start with that book. Start with reading The Creature from Jekyll Island and because it's a little more difficult than The Great Deformation by David Stockman. 
But once you read bo both books, then you'll know what you should do. You'll have a better idea. That if you buy, if you drink the Kool-Aid, you know, go to school, get good grades, take out student loans, credit card debt, and invest for the long term in the stock market, you're going to get wiped out. And we've been saying that for years here at Rich Debt. Most people say get out of debt. Well, that's bad debt. That's the debt, you know, for student loans and for credit cards and house loans and cars. But there's also good debt. So what the way I operate, because I read your book, I have my Rich Dad, I have Grunch of Giants, and now I have the Great Defamation, Deformation by Stockman. I am in debt more than ever before because that's how you get rich. The rich use debt. That's how they get rich. And if somebody else pays my interest, that's good debt. So once again, Ed, thank you very much, and please keep doing what you're doing. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for inviting me, uh, Robert. It's always a pleasure to, to uh, be on your, on your program, and I learn something every time. So please invite me back. Well, you and I study the same subject. We, we study rats. <laughs> <laughs> well, the short answer to what to do about things is that I think we need some rat extermination. <laughs> and once again, I want to thank uh, Ed Griffin, the author of The Creature from Jekyll Island. And once again, we're going to have David A. Stockman, who will be a part of the Rich Dad Radio program in the future. Because the hard thing for my, myself personally and for Ed Griffin, we've been saying this for uh, decades, and nobody would listen. It's really tough. But now that it's all coming apart, it's really nice to have a guy like David Stockman who was on the insides. Ed and I have been on the outside trying to look through the, fa through the haze of BS, you know, trying to figure it out. Talking to Ed during the break, he says both Greens, he says Greenspan was pretty smart. He says Bernanke was a stooge. He's an academic who really knew, knows nothing. He's basically manipulated by the ultra-rich just for money and power. And he and Paulson and Bush and Obama have led us down the track. And then they wonder why there's a gap between the rich at 1% and 99% the other side. As I said in my book, Second Chance, it's our education system does not teach about money because Rockefeller was part of the guys that were ripping us off. They didn't want people to know about money. So that's why the Rich Dad Company is formed, and I want to thank Ed Griffin for being part of our program. And once again, listen to this program again so you can better understand and see clearly and figure out what you can do. I knew what I was going to do years ago, and I knew I wasn't going to get a job, work hard, save money, invest for the long term in a well-diversified portfolio of stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs, and call my house an asset. That's what I did. So you can submit your questions to, Rich, to Ask Robert at richdadradio.com. So this is the f most popular part of our program. So M Melissa, what's the first question for Ask Robert? Our first question today comes from Ava in Charlotte, North Carolina, favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. She says, someone once said reading Jekyll Island is like reading a mystery novel. Is that true? It looks daunting to me. It is a very exciting book. You know, I've had a book study. You should see my book sitting here in the studio. Man, it is marked, earmarked. You know, when a book is good, I'll read it two or three times because, like I say, repetition is how we learn. Every time I read it, I see something new. But it just makes you sick to the stomach reading it is how deceived we are. I'll say it again. We're no longer a democracy. We're a kleptocracy. And with David Stockman, again, Reagan's budget director, says in his book, The Great Deformation, the corruption of capitalism in America. And the average American, I would say probably only one out of 10,000 has any awareness of this. The rest are watching the Kardashians. Next question, Melissa. Our next question comes from Tom in Atlanta. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. 
He says, Robert, I'm a longtime fan of yours. I generally agree with most of what you teach. However, I don't believe that when push comes to shove, the U.S. government will really allow a collapse of the economy. Why do you still believe that a full breakdown is coming? Well, you don't have to believe it. Just look around you. The gap between the rich and everybody else is part of that collapse. It's already happening. Hawaii has the highest homeless rate in the nation. Now, if you're going to be homeless, Hawaii's a great place to be homeless, of course. And you look at California, the People's Republic of California, you know, they have the highest percentage of poverty. So we are, and what Ed says in Creature from Jekyll Island, it was designed to make us poor. So if you're poor, your collapse has already happened, sweetheart. You know, if you're working at a job, you're going to lose and you're going to lose your house. It's already happening. You know, as the old saying goes, is if your neighbor loses your jo- a job, we're in a recession. You lose your job, you're in a depression. You know, so I mean, it's all relative. And so I don't, wouldn't be so naive to say, well, it's not going to happen. It's already happened for millions of people all around the world. As Ed says in The Creature for Jekyll Island, that was the intent, was to make us poor. If you understand that, then you can read the book and not just look at it. Next question, Melissa. Our next question comes from Keith in Denver, Colorado. Favorite book, Cash Flow Quadrant. It says, how serious a problem do you think income equality is? Do you think it will cause a revolution? Well, I don't care what you think. I mean, don't ask me what I think. This question is, what do you think? And what are you going to do about it? You know, I've already got my places, should I say. You know, nothing is worse. Have you ever been in the middle of a riot because of breakdown? And it's not funny. And I've been in two of them. One in uh, Malaysia and one in Indonesia where it broke down. Economies break down during the collapses of their economies. You look at all these cartels and these drug lords, that's what's happening is breakdown. You see there's two opposite forces going on in the world. They're extremes. One is tyranny. That's what Saddam Hussein was. That's what Putin is. They're tyrants. On the other side of tyranny is anarchy. So somewhere in between, something's going to happen. So you have tyranny and you have anarchy. So you have this guy. We have weak political leaders. I'm not political. Being a president is a hard job. But President Obama has soft power theory. Putin is more of an authoritarian, more of a tyrant. So he's in there kicking ass, bombing people, shooting them and all this, showing the world how do you take care of ISIS. And I think Obama would rather hold hands, kiss, and sing kumbaya with ISIS. So what happens when you have a weak leader? There is anarchy. And when they got rid of the tyrant called Saddam Hussein, a tyrant, then have anarchy. So if you don't think it's going to happen, shove your head up here, you know what, and keep dreaming on, man, because it's happening all around you. The biggest problem happening in America, there's another book called, it's called Loneliness. People are lonely in America today. Like in 1950, less than 10% of the population lived alone. Today, 27% live alone. And the Reports I'm reading is this loneliness. It's called feeling alienated is where tyrants or where anarchy breeds, and it's happening in America. So if you understand all that, you can sit there and say, oh, you know, the next president will save my butt. Then just dream on, smoke a couple more joints, and then drink a Coke and have a good time. Next question, Melissa. Our next question comes from Brittany in Boise, Idaho. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. If the Fed is rigged and really a cartel, do you ever see it getting an overhaul? If so, who could do it and how? I think that's a really stupid question 
you know, because the Fed's in power today and they're destroying it. That's where the great defamation by Stockman says, you know, the, the two worst guys, this guy Hank Paulson, who was Goldman Sachs CEO, Secretary of Treasury, and Ben Bernanke as an academic. And they ran the policy. So to sit there and discuss whether Paulson should be there or Bernanke or all this other stuff, why don't you just sit around and discuss the clouds floating over the sky? You know what I mean? We're rich dads, what Rich Dad stands for is what are you going to do? We take the side of the rich. I like what Bernanke did. You know, he dropped, right now we have ZERP, zero interest rate policy. That means I'm borrowing my ass off. I borrowed $300 million this year, and it was, was downgraded from 5% debt to 2% debt. You know how much money that made me? So as I said, there's always three sides of coins. You have heads, tails, and the edge. I'm not here to argue about the Fed or Bernanke and all these guys. I just want to play on the side that's winning, and that's on the side of the guys that are ripping everybody off. If you want to be the guy that's ripped off, that's your choice. You know, as I've said so many times before, there's financial advice for poor people, middle-class people, and the rich. So Susie Orman talks to poor people. You know, poor is not how much money you make. You can make a lot of money and still be poor. So she, she tells you to cut up your credit card because you can't control your spending. That's what makes you poor. It's not how much money you make. If you spend more than you earn, you'll be poor. So that's why most sports stars are bankrupt five years after retiring, after making millions. Dave Ramsey, a great friend of mine, says, live, you know, live below your means and be debt-free. That's great advice for the middle class. But if you want to be on the rich side, you have to study. That's why our Rich Dad you know, radio, we have our books, our games, and all this. You have to learn how to use debt, and not credit card debt, good debt. You have to learn to borrow money. You have to understand taxes. You have to read, pay attention, study. Or you can sit there and hope that the next political leader will save your ass. And I'm saying your ass is already grass because they can't save you. The intention was to rip you off anyway. So that's why Trump and I wrote our book, Why We Want You to Be Rich. You have a choice of being rich, poor, or middle class. You want to be poor? Susie Orman's your girl. She's fantastic. You know, she, you need discipline, no matter how much money you make. Dave Ramsey is perfect for those who don't want to study what the rich study. So that's why be debt-free, live below your means, cut up your credit cards, and that's really good advice. You know, Kim and I did that. When we didn't have much money, we bought a little house here in Phoenix, Arizona. Our monthly payments were 300 I think, $15 a month with a mortgage, everything included, whereas rent in the area was 800 to 900 So we were living on 300 when the renters were living on 900 That makes sense. You know what I mean? That makes sense. We're living below our means. It was a great little house at the Hilton Hotel. We had room service and all that, golf courses, horses, all that. It was a wonderful life. But if we wanted to be rich, we had to be different. And we learned how to use debt. You know, we invest in income property. We use 100% debt and we pay zero tax. Now, you can say that's not fair, and that's correct. It's not fair, you know, to those who know nothing about this. So now you've been informed. The rich know how to pay no taxes. You have your choice. You can learn to do the same thing, but you have to learn, and that's the key. It's your choice. That's all I have to say. Next question, Melissa. Our next question comes from Dave in Salt Lake City. Favorite book, Midas Touch. It says, what are you doing now to prepare for the collapse? What opportunities are you looking for when it does occur? 
nothing has really changed. I'm trying to tell you. When I read Creature from Jekyll Island, The Grunch of, the Grunch of Giants by Fuller, I knew what I was going to do. I used debt, sweetheart. I'm an entrepreneur. You know, I use debt. And I pay no tax. I know how to do that. When the markets crashed in 2007, I borrowed $500 million. That's half a billion dollars. But I've been practicing since the 1970s. If you've been sitting there sucking your thumb and you want to know how to do what I'm doing, you've got to start. And it starts with your education. So that's why Rich Dad's Education, Rich Dad's Coaching, all of our games and products. But you have got to be proactive and not listen to your financial planners because the financial planning system, the 401K, the uh, mutual funds, IRAs, Roth IRAs, were designed to steal your wealth. That's, that's how Wall Street is part of the heist the gross universal cash assets. 